Hey, what's up, guys? It's Rico here, CEO of SourceFind Asia, host to Main Channel Podcast, and the host of the SourceFind Asia YouTube channel, of course. Back with another one, hanging out here at the lovely, lovely swimming pool, Icon Plaza. Yeah, so I'm just enjoying this lovely weather by the pool, and I was thinking about recording a video on how to identify an overnight factory. I don't want to be a product of my environment. I want my environment to be a product of me. So what is an overnight factory? An overnight factory is basically a factory that didn't exist overnight. It's very self-explanatory. It's not necessarily like literally overnight, but it can be. A lot of times in China, in order to win business, smaller factories would present themselves as larger, sourcing companies would present themselves as factories. And if the client then insists on them visiting the factory, then it creates a, an issue for the sourcing company or the, the smaller factory. And what they'll tend to do is lean on their partner factories and say, hey, can I bring them to your factory and pretend like it's my factory? That's basically what it is. Or they'll, they'll take some empty space or some small space that kind of, maybe it is a little bit of a workshop or a little bit of a factory, but they'll make it look like, you know, this is the factory that they've been working in their, their whole life or whatever, or this is their main base of operations, but it really isn't. So a perfect example of that is in my video, one of the videos I did a couple of years ago called $2 million in two weeks, Fidget Spinner Story. My client came down from the States and to make a long story short, we went to visit their factory and you know it was very clear to me, like I could see things like empty boxes of like computers, tea sets that were clearly just been bought like the week before or whatever and were there, the name, of the factory wasn't anywhere. They had no instructions about how to operate in that factory. It was like the, the boss's office was like completely empty. And then I asked them, I was like, how long have you guys been here? Oh yeah, no, we've been here like five years. And I'm like, no, this doesn't look like, if they'd said they just moved in, I would be like, all right, fine, maybe, maybe. But the fact that they try to make it sound like they'd been there for a long time and it was established. I mean, the computers weren't even plugged in. Like it was like, there was very little effort involved. And um, my client was, in, was none the wiser until I told him afterwards. But yeah, if you want to check out that video, you can see the story in, in full and see some of the stuff that I talked about there. So yeah, some of the things you can do to identify an overnight factory. It starts with before you actually go to the factory. So like when you're talking to this factory on Alibaba or 1688, one, you should see some of the information listed there about like how long they've been operating, where they operate, the actual Chinese name, not just the English name, because the English name that you see on, on Alibaba is going to be sometimes different in Chinese. So you want to see the Chinese name, which means you have to be able to read Mandarin or you need to hire somebody that can read Mandarin. Get their business license as well. And then once you know, okay, so you know the capacity of the factory, you have the business license, you have their actual Chinese name and Chinese characters. You have a little bit of information about how long they've operated, all that stuff. When you actually go to the factory, you can then verify this information, right? Like literally most factories, when you arrive, they have their name on the gate. You know, most factories, when you arrive, when you walk into the door, the business license will be listed. It's actually by law, a requirement for the business license to be 
you know, hung up on a wall somewhere, whether it's the reception or one of the offices, whatever. It's by law, um, by Chinese law, you suppose. Even for us in our office in China, our Hong Kong license and our uh, Chinese business license, our mainland Chinese business license, is hung up and uh, standing somewhere on a, a desk in the office. That's pretty easy. Like, I mean, if you can read Mandarin, you can look around and say, okay, this same name, okay, cool. And if it's a different name, you want to ask why and see what the answers are. I mean, a lot of times they'll say, well, you know, we have two companies. One is a trading company, one's a factory, whatever. Okay, so then, you know, maybe you want to see where the trading company's offices are and compare, like, that kind of information. Is it the answer? Is it the same owner? Maybe, you know, sometimes it's a partner situation, and that's okay, but you just need to know that information. Yeah, I mean, just walking around the factory, if you see the name of the factory is different from the name that they've been telling you, you want to figure out those things. Some of the stuff that I mentioned before about the fidget spinner situation. Do things look brand new in the sense that like the office has just been set up, the computers were just been set up, the tea set was just been set up in the boss's office. Is it empty? Does it feel like there isn't that many employees? One of the main things, uh, I remember one of the first factories I ever visited with my business partner, China Mike, we noticed we were driving to the factory with the boss and when we arrived at the gate, the security guy kind of looked at the car a little bit confused. It was very subtle, but I didn't notice it at the time. Very subtle and then let us through and it's like, well, if you're the owner of a company, like they see your car and they see you in the car or whatever, nobody's gonna like question like, who's that? You know, <laughs> like they're opening the gate immediately. So it was like things like that. And then if you can speak uh, Mandarin or you have somebody that speaks Mandarin, talk to the factory workers, talk to the management staff, ask them questions like, how long have you been working here? Like, what do you think about your boss? Can you tell me a little bit more information about your boss? What is it like to work here? What is the, you know, sort of day-to-day -day existence? And then you start to verify that information. If you're talking to the manager or you're talking to the boss, and then the boss uh, says, yeah, I know we've been operating for 10 years or whatever. And then one of the employees says, you know, we've been operating for three years. Like, it's just little bits of information that you can compare. And then also just see the actual production line. If this requires a little bit more expertise, you need to have a better understanding of how, one, a production line is supposed to look and two, what machinery a factory needs to do what they say they're doing. So if a factory is saying we make our molds in-house, we do the um, injection molding aspect in-house, we paint in-house, we assemble in-house, uh, we package in-house, we print whatever in-house. That's stuff that if you have experience and you know what this machinery is supposed to look like, you can verify that information, right? Like you can go and check the machinery, you can check the injection molding machines, you can check the molding area. It's very rare, unless a factory is very big, that they create uh, their molds in-house. So like these are little things that you you kind of learn over time. And yeah, overnight factories, they'll just kind of bullshit you because they just want to win your business. They're, not, they're just probably going to say yes to everything. They're probably going to over-promise and under-deliver. And your job as the buyer and or expert of your product is to make sure that the factory that you're dealing with is actually who they say they are. I mean, it is less and less common that these things happen with the overnight stuff because I think the sourcing companies and smaller factories are beginning to realize that uh, Westerners and, and foreign buyers are a little bit more educated than they were before. But it still happens. It still happens more than you think. And again, it's not a bad thing if you're working with a trading company or a smaller factory and they're partnering with a bigger factory. You just have to be aware of that information. All right, guys.
that's it for me. Signing off. If you like this kind of content, like, comment, share, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Like every. Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for listening to this episode of the Main Agenda Podcast. If you want to reach out to us, that's podcast at sourcefinancial.com. If you want to check out the show notes from the episode that you just watched, that's sourcefinancial.com slash made in China. And be sure to also check out our YouTube channel, Source Asia. All one word. Cheers. Thank you.